the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. I, uh, what a great weekend it's supposed to be. Huh. This is uh, the time in Ohio that you love everything. <laughs> so, but it doesn't last long. So anyway, Warren Buffett, the greatest mistake made by individual investors time and time again is to asset allocate away from stocks during a massive secular bull market. I said it the other night. Um, the way to crush the bourgeois, <laughs> I got no, uh, is to grind them between the millstones of taxation and inflation. And I screwed up that word and I apologize. That's uh, uh, President Obama, I mean, no, uh, Vladimir Lenin. <laughs> and then the important thing is to not stop questioning Albert Einstein. And uh, there we go. So, uh, look, you know, we keep talking about our, our, uh, our web page. If you uh, Google Tim Hayes Radio, I show up, and you can always tell it's my page because it says, remember, buy low, sell high. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. I highly recommend the Market Week and, and daily technical analysis. Also, the stuff on cybersecurity. Uh, I don't know how much you know about that, but you better know a lot more. Uh, there's also a piece in the middle of the page down the way called Data Breach, and I think you uh, certainly want to know about that. Uh, on top of that, uh, I think one of the key things is that we have a lot of information that uh, we give away free. Okay, so uh, it's it's not like we're going to har- uh, harass you or or anything like that. Um, it's simply that uh, uh, you, know, you want the information. If you want to have a cup, cup of coffee with me, uh, there's all the email me, contact me. There's lots of telephones ideas. But look, energy's pulled back now. We talked we talked about that a while back. You know, saying hey, you want to hold back on energy a little bit. But I think, uh, you know, I bought a little little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I think there's uh, this is just a pause in energy. I don't think it's a big pullback. So global energy ideas on the weakness makes a lot of sense. Our small cap ideas make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we have less and less small cap ideas every day, though, by the way. So the analysts are having a hard time come up with them. I look at small caps all the time. Uh, I chart thousands of stocks, so I have lots of really good ideas. Uh, the, we have our top picks, our top global ideas, and our our I think our best uh, scenario lately has been our guided portfolio, our all-cap growth, and we can run this portfolio for you. It's got about 40 or 50 stocks in it. It's got some small caps. It's got everything, real estate, information technology, materials, uh, consumer discretionary, which is starting to break out, uh, staples, uh, energy, you know, financials, the whole kit and caboodle. So there we go. We also put out a newsletter. Uh, on a monthly basis, and uh, this comes to you via the internet. We don't harass you or anything like that. Uh, they're talking about the mid-year uh, planning tax changes, which uh, you have to factor in. I mean, there's some big changes out there. 
investing in, in to save time boosts happiness returns and stuff like that. It's it's financial stuff you need to know that you you might not know. Okay. Um, all right. So one year ago, a record. 32 women were running Fortune 500 companies. Today, that number is 24. Whew. Uh, they don't give them much room. But you know what? The top job is not one that, <laughs> unless you're really, really good, longevity is not, you know, that's why you say, hey, these guys make all this money, and sometimes they're only employed for a year, maybe two, so they're taking a lot of risks to do this. Uh, international tourists arrivals globally grew to $1.3 billion in 2017. The United Nations Tourism Organization said, this is up from $670 million, 2000, $270 million in 1980. Uh, it's mostly because of cheap air fares, I think, you know, uh, for the most part. Uh, there's evidence that telecommuters are more productive, according to the 2017 survey of 2,400 workers, uh, which makes a whole lot of sense because, uh, believe me, if you've ever driven downtown Cleveland every morning, it uh, gets old quick. You know, I, there, we have a new white paper out, and it's about how do you feel about your legacy? Uh, you know, there's there's a big shift we're seeing uh, in, in the definition, and we had a part. Uh, I mean, a a thing sponsored by RBC, and the key findings were two thirds of American respondents said the quality of the relationship is is very uh, crucial during their legacy, and uh, material wealth is the foundation of how high net worth people view their legacies they hope to create. So, uh, if you want to get the conversation started, I got a whole bunch of information on that. Look, I, I would also suggest this. We have a new, uh, we have several new fact sheets out, which I really highly recommend. You can get them from me. Uh, just, you know, Google Tim Hayes Radio or Bing Tim Hayes Radio and just hit the thing. But the first one's government health care fundamentals. Uh, the second one is Medicare basic fact sheet. And if you don't know what you're doing with Medicare, you can make some big mistakes there. And also the Medicare key number fact sheet. And also the Medicare Planning for Income-Related Monthly Adjustments. If you don't know what that, that's I-R-M-A-A. And then Enrollment Considerations, okay? There's a couple other things that we have. And that one is a woman's guide to health care ret- in retirement. And, look, I, I've got a lot of clients that are either divorced or their husband has died. And, and sometimes they need to, you know, they, you need to know that stuff. So uh, please give me a call. Also, Caring for uh, Aging Parents and Healthcare and Retirement, which I think is a very good article. Uh, if you want any of those, you know where to go. So um, we always talk about the process here. So we're going to start out with economics, the big economic picture, and work our way down. And uh, look, the FMOC meeting, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting this week, I think it, we, you know, we described it as the beginning of the end. Uh, we think that, you know, the, the, the Fed was talking about three or four more rate hikes. And uh, boy, I, I, you know, I, I looked at the yield curve and I just can't see that happening. The yield curve continues to flatten to new lows. This is the lowest, the, the, the smallest differential between the two year and the 10 year since 2007. And that was not a, <laughs> that was not a good time uh, for all of us. But look, I, I'll, the one thing that is positive is small business optimism increased to 107.8. So you know, back in 09, it was less than 80 or it's just at 80, maybe. So, uh, you know, for those people who like bonds, uh, I think a barbell strategy at this point would be a very, very important. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you don't know what a barbell uh, strategy is, uh, uh, you know, give us a, you know, a call because what you're doing, 
you know, the trackness, there's short duration bonds, which spread between 10 and two year treasuries, uh, falls just 50 basis points. So uh, if you want to know more about it, you know, please give us a call. Uh, we do a lot in the fixed income area. Uh, I would su- certainly suggest that our best ideas are still in in the preferred, I mean, in the uh, fixed income area, our preferreds, convertible preferreds, which are or convertible bonds. These convert into common stock, and they have a dividend yield on them, and bank loans, all right, uh, at this point, anyway, all right? So, um, now, I, I did look at a couple things this week, and remember last week I talked to you about the uh, McQuellen oscillator, which is an overbought, oversold thing, and I said it was at 37, and I said, you know, it's been bouncing between, you know, plus 50 and minus 75 for about three years now. And sure enough, uh, it's at minus nine now, or minus point, uh, yeah, minus nine at this point. So it dropped uh, 39 points in a week. Uh, we kind of warned you. And somebody asked me, uh, and this is a great question, and uh, this comes from Reed. Uh, and Reed has uh, been following my show for a long, long time. I mean, he, he remembers back my first show, and he said you were, you sound like a scared rabbit, and maybe I was, who knows. Anyway, um, he said, what does a bear market in bonds look like, and I look. One of the things that we've seen since uh, virtually 1982 is this huge bull market in bonds, and I think it ended. You know, because we got we hit 1.26 percent. You know, that was when President Obama was saying that the the economy was great. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. The economy ain't great if the 10-year Treasury gets to 1.26 percent. That's the lowest yield in the history of the United States of America. That's a pretty low yield, and uh, so. What you're going to see is the reverse of it. Now, to give you an idea, 1940, uh, 1938, I think it was, a yields got to 1.82%, the 10-year Treasury. And it proceeded to go all the way to 15.6 uh, over a 40-year period. Now, so what it is is just a slow deterioration in, in your principal. And, you know, look, I, I would suggest this, is that when you're dealing with that type of scenario, uh you know, you've got to buy bonds and you've got to hold on to them forever or until they mature. Uh, I would not be be out buying, uh, you know, mutual funds and stuff like that. If you don't believe me, uh, ask the people who bought Ginnie Mae bo- funds back in 1983 or 82 because those things had, you know, 13, 14 percent yields. And I remember guys were telling them, telling people that they were backed by the government. And, you know, Ginnie Mae's are, but, you know, your return is not. And. When people started to prepay their mortgages because they had 15, 16% mortgages and suddenly they get 7 or 8% or 9%, uh, these things got killed. They just literally got killed. So uh, I don't think they're still made their money. You know, they still made up their money. So, I mean, it's it's been a long time. Now, one of the things we did notice is after being in a column of X's since April, uh, the chart of the U.S. dollar has reversed down into a column of O's. So, uh, you know, it had a big move, you know, went from 89 uh, all the way up to 95 in a, in a very short period of time. And so uh, what we want to be, you know, the dollar decreasing should be positive for things like oil, gold, uh, although it's not. So it's been a weird time, but, uh, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, you know, we were talking about dynamic asset level investing and, and people were asking, you know, what is dynamic asset level investing? And it's just simply using relative strength and relative strength buy signals uh, to, uh, you know, do better. Okay, so what we do in dynamic asset level investing 
is simply we define the inventory, which may be the S&P 500, maybe the entire you know, New York Stock Exchange Index. We look at the relative strength analyst, and then we rank each asset class. So I, I had some people in my office this week, and they said, Tim, you know, we're heavily invested in stocks. Domestic equities are the number one asset class. And I showed him this, and I said, you know, look, the, the other asset classes, you know, if you were in foreign stocks, they're up a whopping 4% over the last eight years. Well, they had a good year last year. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I understand that. But uh, commodities were down 75%. If you were in them, they got beat up. Bonds were good for a couple of years, and they were the top asset class for a while. And, uh, you know, I talked about bonds on the show quite a bit. So, so what we're trying to do is top a- asset class, second asset class, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. And we want to structure our portfolio so we overemphasize the top asset classes. All right. So there we go. Um, somebody asked me about cybersecurity. Uh, there's lots of names out there. I've got, I've got, I know them all because we have Matt Hedberg, who may be one of the best guys on the planet in that, that area. And, but there's also several ETS that you can buy if you don't know, understand what's going on there. And that might be the way I'd go if I were you. Um, but, you know, I, I, uh, I would suggest this. Um, some people were asking about world ETFs, and, and I haven't, you know, the ones that I'm seeing that have the best relative strength are Peru, uh, uh, Emerging Asia, uh, South Korea, uh, the BRIC ETF. If you don't know what that is, you, you know, it's, uh, you, sh- you should. <laughs> you should be in them. And then the S&P 500 Equal Weight, which has a lot of uh, foreign stocks in it. So that's, that's where I'd go. All right, let's uh, take a break. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Stay tuned. Isn't it time to create a relaxing space to be used for making family memories? Klein has a wide variety of decking, railing, and design materials available. Klein Home Exteriors will come up with a custom design that will be the best fit for your home and your budget. Klein honors God and all that they do, so you know that you will get the best products and services. Call Klein today for your free consultation at 330-601-2749 or go to KleinHomeExteriors.com. Klein Home Exteriors, your home exterior experts. The skills you can develop as a soldier in the Army National Guard can give you an edge in the high-tech job market of tomorrow. The Guard offers career training to take advantage of your skills in science, technology, engineering, and math that can help give you a leg up to a high-paying and rewarding STEM profession. Get a head start on your career while earning money to pay for college. Log on to NationalGuard.com to learn about all of the STEM career opportunities in the Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. All right, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And once again, if you'd like to sit down and have a cup of coffee and discuss your portfolio, uh, please give me a call. Uh, actually, I had two people call this week, and uh, either my assistant wrote down the wrong number or something happened there. So I apologize to those two people. Um, but uh, we did. I did have somebody try to call you back and set up something, but uh, it didn't work. Anyway, uh, 
two weeks ago or last week, I can't remember which one, um, I talked about a lot of the dividend aristocrats being in the consumer staple area. And I just noticed this week, and I look at uh, things very, very carefully, uh, as the inflows. And the inflows, there was a 2% inflow into consumer staple ETFs this week. The biggest one had a 2.5% inflow. Uh, and look, uh, I think what you have to take a look at is that the, the momentum has been negative for these things for about a year. And remember, these people stuffed money into these because of their dividends, total return package, because in the Obama administration, what we had was the end of a, a bond bull market. And so dividends were important. And when these guys would raise them every year, they suddenly became more important. In the Trump administration, what we're looking at is growth in the economy, assuming that all the tariffs he puts on doesn't screw things up here. Uh, but you always do the un- unpopular things in the second term and then and then move on to the popular things in the third and fourth term so you can get reelected. But I think the key here is, is that the staples have got beat up. And a lot of these stocks have 3 4 5% dividend yields, and they raise them quite regularly. Now, there is some problems. They are getting beat up by some of the people who are uh, disruptors, as we call them. Uh, so there is some risk in them, but I don't think uh, some of the bigger names are going uh, out of business anytime soon. Uh, so I think part of it was because of the yield scenario. Uh, but I do have a list of some really high-quality names in the uh, staple area that have great dividend yields. We also, they're also, some of these are in our dividend growth portfolio. And look, you always buy yield when it's down. And so uh, there's a couple ways you could buy exposure to these guys. Uh, look, they've beaten up the, some of the dividend aristocrat portfolios because of this. Look, you know, yields were 1.2% the last year of Obama's administration. They're now 2.94. That's a big, that's a shellacking in the bond market. Okay. So, you got to remember that, and and so what you want to do is gain some exposure to these. And I got a, a great list of names, and uh, there we go. So I want to review a couple things from last week, and I want to say this uh, right loud. First of all, the the sector uh, bullish percent, sector uh, PT, reversed up. Remember, it got all the way down to to four uh, after January, and now is at twelve, and so it's in a column of X's again. So we we you know the the sectors are starting to pick up. The over-the-counter bullish percent turned up, which is very, very positive. It's, it's sitting at 50, so it's mid-range, so there's plenty of plays you can run. And the mid-cap sector, which is at 62, broke into a column of X's. So that's, that's all good positive stuff, all right? Uh, now, I, I was looking at things this week, and let's talk about this because uh, I think I'm going to go into some details here. Uh, and I listened to several conference calls this week. I thought they were very, very interesting. The you know, I, I think the intermediate term backdrop for the equity market continues to improve. I, you know, I don't know if this, you know, uh, I think the only area that I'm seeing that is really overbought is everybody keeps stuffing money in the index funds. And, boy, I think that's going to end badly. That's Tim Hayes's personal opinion. Some of the charts I'm seeing uh, in those index funds, the NASDAQ composite, you know, the FANGs, whatever you want to call them, and also some of the big names in the, in the Dow are parabolic. I mean, literally parabolic. And that's on a monthly chart now, so it might take a while, a little while, but I, I think you got to be careful. Now, in the short term, I was looking at the, uh, the, the S&P 500 is right at resistance, and it turned and went south right at resistance, which, uh, you know, if you're reading Bob Dickey's stuff at my, on my webpage, that's, you know, you, go, you Google Tim Hayes Radio, 
He's the technical analysis uh, every day. Uh, he's been talking about a pullback for some time. It started on Friday, actually started on Thursday. Uh, so the the inner, I, I think the Russell, which broke out big, it's become a little bit overbought, and I I don't think it's going to get killed. I think it's going to pause, and that's the that is definitely the strongest index I see, other than the couple other indexes which are straight up. So, but you got to remember, there's one thing that you know we I talked about this. Uh, 17 and 34 year cycle about four or five months ago, and it turned up last year together. But there's also a four year cycle within that. And I think the cycle started at the end of 2016. So somewhere around the end of two, you know, between the second half of 2018, the first half of 2019, we could have a bit of a hard nose correction. And I bet it's fed induced. Um, Staples, once again, are extremely oversold. Uh, and I think they have some intermediate term lows. Now I don't know if they're long term lows, but you know I looked at some really interesting names and and they look good. Uh, semiconductor capital equipment performance continues to lag, and there's two big names there that scare me a little bit. I own uh, uh, both of them at one time. I, I only own one of them now, and uh, I, I think you need to you know if you're in those names, you got to be careful with them. Very very careful. Uh, Industrials and transports continue to emerge. And matter of fact, I would say uh, transports continue to show evidence of emerging from uh, multi-year trading ranges with really improving uh, performance relative to everything else. Uh, and there's some select electrical equipment companies and uh, rental companies that are turning up, too. So that's really kind of interesting. But, you know, it's funny. We, we broke the downtrend line on the S&P 500, and now we've come right up to the uh, major um, – resistance. And what's really interesting is the relative strength indicators are have bottomed and, and turned up from neutral. So I don't know if it's going to be a huge correction. I just think it's going to be a pullback to support, which may be, uh, you know, 100 points in the S&P, uh, which, you know, sounds bad, but it's not that bad. And like I said, the the Russell is, a, is probably the most interesting chart because it's been going sideways for three years. And you know, one of the things you like about sideways patterns is that the move out usually is a big one. And boy, there, you know, there's still two and a half standard deviations below zero uh, or below normal valuations. They're lower than they were in 2007, 2008. And believe me, if it wasn't for Ben Bernanke, you know, throwing money out of the helicopter, uh, the, the small caps, a lot of them could have gone bankrupt, you know, because there was no money, uh, which is a whole nother story. But what I really like about the Russell is the breadth indicator. And the, the, we have new highs on the advanced decline line uh, on both uh, the um, S&P 500 and the Russell. And the Russell uh, versus the S&P 500, the Russell's in a definite uptrend if we compare the two. So that's where you want to go. Now, oil, uh, you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we want to kind of pause on oil and wait for it to come back. And I still think you know, we got a little bit of uh, you know move, side, sideways movement. The tariff thing's probably going to the tariff's going to beat up a lot of the industrial stocks, a lot of the finished good companies, a lot of the, uh, you know, copper got whacked, steel got whacked on Friday, uh, oil got whacked, you know, with, with uh, Mr. Trump initiating the, the things. But the relative strength divergence is really interesting. Uh, it's not really way up there on the sell-off. Uh, the sell-off, it's just it's sitting near a low. So I think, you know, that could be uh, really interesting. You know, one of the things that we talked about is buying yield. So, uh, look, I talked about the staples, but another area that looks pretty good is real estate investment trusts. 
they're merging. I think it's mostly regional leaders, okay, uh, industrial leaders and stuff like that. And I, I think that, uh, you know, th- that's an area that if if I was a retiree or I was going to retire and I needed income, that might be a place to go. I've got a couple where the insiders have bought a lot, and they bought some more Friday. So those are the ones I'm interested in. Uh, and it's funny, some of them are in retail, okay? I, I, a couple other things I see is medical devices are leading and I think they're pulling uh, I, I think they're pulling the biotechnology stocks along with them. I'm not seeing pharmaceuticals are just out to lunch until until somebody makes a decision on those some one way or another. I think they're just out to lunch. But I'm also seeing retail starting to emerge. And uh, I've been buying some retail stocks. Uh, you know, I bought I bought some clothing stocks a while back. Now I'm buying some retail stocks. Tech leadership is still intact, although very, very extended in some cases. But transportations are definitely leading the industrials. And I'm, I'm also noticing that the the, uh, the utilities are weakening terribly. So for you know the the prime income list uh, has quite a few utilities on it. And you know, like I said, you want to buy these things when they're down. So uh, and the yield is up. So sometime in the near future, it might be a good time to pick those up if you're looking for yield. Uh, banks and, and brokers are starting to reverse some of their gains. They're making what they call a triangle pattern with a flat bottom and a lower series of tops. So you hope they break to the north on there, but I'd, I'd take a wait-and-see area. Uh, food re- retailing is, is improving, and discretionary uh, you know, income, that's consumer, that's retail, is look, looking really well. Software is accelerating, and it's probably getting close to a, a, a near-term top. And I'd say uh, industrials and materials are improving, you know, uh, and I think energy is plateauing for a short period of time. So the only thing that worries me about utilities, ladies and gentlemen, is, is that the relative strength is heading south. And uh, so you want to be kind of careful there. Uh, I, I, nah, I still don't see anything in the S&P 500 that makes me want to go crazy, but I am seeing some of the select staples. Now, select. Okay, so, you know, if. If you're not doing business with me, you buy your own, okay? But uh, I've got some really interesting stuff. I'm also seeing some uh, definite retail stocks that are looking good. I am seeing semiconductor uh, relative performance beginning to stall versus the rest of technology. Uh, software is accelerating, and it looks like it's going to be an acceleration. And uh, the transports, man, there's some really good-looking names there. And there's some really good-looking names in, in uh, the electrical uh, group, too, Uh very, very interesting names there. The oil service group is still not, uh, it still lags the energy sector. Uh, so it'll probably take a while before we see uh, that pick up again. And, you know, I, I guess uh, that's where I'd stay. Now, one of the things we did see is is one of our competitors downgraded Europe and upgraded Japan this week. Uh, so I think some of the economies are starting to stall. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what the Federal Reserve does over the course, you know, of these three, four extra Fed hikes necessary, is the flattening yield curve not disturbing? Uh, you know, normally that's a slow, slowing down of the economy. Now, if it gets inverted, that's when the, the two-year Treasury yield is above the 10-year. Uh, that is a sure sign that recession is coming. So we, we don't have that yet. Uh, but a flattening of the yield curve and having it at the lowest spread we've seen since 2007 – does not make for a uh, grand idea. So, you know, we're talking about consumer staples here that you you buy and sell. I mean, Kimberly Clark, we're all going to use toilet paper. All right, uh, Lex, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with a bullish percent. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. 
you know the moment the workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. Ah. <sighs> That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Originalmattress.com. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. If you or someone you know is looking for an automotive repair facility that is trustworthy and professional, then discover Pleasant Valley Shell in Parma. Steve in Medina says that he was very satisfied with his service. Debbie from Cleveland wrote that this is a very honest business. Her whole family loves them. Get your vehicle ready for summer at a place you can trust. Pleasant Valley Shell, located at the corner of West Pleasant Valley and York Roads in Parma. Visit them online at PleasantValleyShell.com. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. If you uh, just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. And, uh, you know, if you just tuned in and, and you or you, you, you had the last five minutes of the show uh, that we just, you know, talked about uh, and you're interested in hearing the whole show, uh, you can they do have a blog now or a uh, podcast at the WHK 1420 website. All I have to do is it says local podcasts. Boom. Down there to Tim Hayes Smart Investor Show, and by the way, it, uh, if you go there, it goes directly to my web page with a click. So you can check out my web page. You can ask for any of the information. Remember, we have our dividend growth portfolio getting a good good time to be buying some of that prime income list getting to be a good time. Uh, top ideas, top oil ideas, our our all cap portfolio, which we can run for you for a very small amount of money. And uh, so it uh, small cap ideas, I tell you, I keep talking about small cap, but and then if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, you know, you'd like to sit down and talk about your portfolio and see if we can help you, because I'm pretty sure we can, uh, you know, just uh, hit, you know, or get the phone number and call me. I pick up the phone all the time. And this is part of the show where we talk about the bullish percent. This is part of our, you know, we've just talked about the economy. And we're moving slowly but surely, and we're getting down to some ideas that you can work with. And now I, I'm not telling you which ideas I work with. Uh, that's only for my clientele. Uh, you know, you pick your ideas as you according, accordingly. But if you uh, you need help, that's when you call me for coffee, etc. Um, anyway, uh, the bullish percent was designed by a protege of Charles Dow back in the 30s, and what he wanted to do was be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. 
So he designed a point and figure chart, which is X's and O's, 0 to 100. And when you get over 70, that's the red zone. When you get below 30, that's the green zone. So when you get above 70, that's when you want to be more cautious. Okay, it doesn't mean, look, when you, when you reverse from a column of X's, which, the, which has the offensive team on the field, to a column of O's, which is distribution, it does not mean you have to sell your whole portfolio. It just means you want to be a little bit more wary, okay? Especially when domestic equities are the number one asset class. Now, back in 2008, domestic equities were the lowest form of life, okay? They were the lowest asset class. And we said on this show several, for several months that the money market would outperform the S&P 500, and the money market was only yielding 0.005%. Not hard to figure out that we could be in trouble, okay? So asset allocation should be done, you know, you should be moving into strength, not weakness, uh, unless it's yield. Yield's different. But like I said, yield's going to be a tough, uh, tough trade for a long, long time. You want yield that grows, I think, from here for the next 5, 10 years. Uh, because if the bond market is in trouble and then we start to see that, that liftoff, you know, you're going to have problems here. But anyway, so the bullish percent, when we're in a column of X's, we have the offensive team on the field, depending on what our field position is. If we're at, you know, we're at 20 and we turn up, you can throw the long bomb, okay? You know, you know, buy Amazon, buy Netflix, you know, that type of stuff. If you're over 70, you want to step back a little bit, you know, you know, they got stocks that are stalling or not working out the way you want them to. You can use them to raise some cash, that type of thing. In this particular case right now, we're at 58. We're up 3% this week in a column of X's. What's important is that the over-the-counter index, the small caps, which we've been harping on now for about two months. Uh, and, you know, we talked about the, the, how the standard deviation was, we were so far, we were two and a half standard deviations below zero. Believe me, that is a statistical anomaly. And we're three and three quarters below large caps. And I think it might be more than that right now because, you know, Netflix was 302 at that point. It's now almost 400 bucks. That was a month ago. So these things are moving almost too fast. So, uh, but the small caps are at 53.6. They were up 1.3. This is not a bad place to buy things, okay? The over-the-counter, I mean, the world index is still in the column of O's, but it was up 1.9% to 44. It would not turn up till 46. So um, there you go. So, Look, uh, if if we look uh, at a couple things, and and um, well, let's put it this way: the bullish percent and and all of all the the, the domestic things are in X's. Uh, the positive trend indicators remain unchanged, but they are in a column of X's, so they've turned up. The high low index has reversed into a column of X's, so it's it's a good time right now. And uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Um, also, if we look at asset classes and, and relative strength signals, uh, if you look at the S and P 500 versus the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index, we've given a buy signal. So bonds are not a place to be right now if you're trying to make money. Okay, um, you you want to look more at the the S and P 500. Now, one of the problems is is that if you look at all the different indexes, they all look great long term. However, you know the Dow, the mid cap, the small cap. Uh, the QQQs, which is a NASDAQ composite, and both the uh, equal weight S&P 500 and the capitalization weight S&P 500, they've all been positive momentum, uh, momentum for eight weeks, which is a pretty long time. So, um, you know, let, let's just put it this way. Uh, that's, po- you know, it's a very positive market, obviously. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I 
I look at the QQQ being the top one, Russell two, uh, and then some of the momentum charts or the momentum ETFs have really picked up steam here. So we'll probably see more of that occur uh, coming up here. Uh, the foreign indexes have been kind of out to lunch, especially Latin America. Now, we did. Um, we also look at the bullish percent for all the sectors. And all we do is we talk about the favored sectors because, you know, the best, the worst stock in a favored sector will probably beat the best stock in an unfavored sector. Just remember that. And now we got to seven. We bottomed out at seven about a month, two months ago, I guess it was. We're now up to 13. Remember, there's 40 sectors, okay? So we we actually had... 15 sectors above 75 at that point. Uh, now we have none. Uh, so we have one sector, the textile sector, which is 70. I'd wait on that. Uh, banking, gaming, and leisure are at 65. Uh, that's getting more interesting. At 60 is oil, internet, and software. Software actually moved up there. Uh, so those are some places, you know, you got to be careful what you buy and, you know, take more of a trading viewpoint, I would suggest. At 55 is oil service. Healthcare, machinery, and uh, retail. At 50 is business products. And at 44 is biotech. Biotech turned up this week. So remember we mentioned that was one of the names that w- might turn up in bull alert status. So these are, these are sectors we want to follow. Our drugs, great dividends there, folks. I mean, you know, the Pfizer's, the Merck's, the Bristol-Myers, the Lilies of the world have great dividends. And some of those are on the dividend aristocrat list. The household goods... Staples are on bull alert status. Great dividends again. The metals, the non-ferrous metals uh, are at bull alert status, and so is in precious metals, but precious metals sold off on Friday in a big way. So uh, I think you want to be a little bit more careful with those. Um, we did have several groups reverse up into column of X's uh, on their their charts, and that was leisure, media, and software. Software was a big lift, <laughs> I should say. And uh, some moving higher were semiconductors and business products, although semiconductor equipment stocks don't look so good. Uh, charts reversing up from under 50% is uh, biogenetics, which is positive. The most favored groups are retail, software, and leisure. Second are bio and business. And uh, I did notice that medical stocks, which were unfavored, turned, uh, you know, went up quite a bit. Now, one of the areas that we saw just get pummeled, <laughs> literally pummeled in the last two weeks, is Latin America. And uh, Latin America uh, was, you know, look out below. Now, the funny thing is Peru held up pretty well. And uh, so, I mean, if you look for strength and weakness, you know, that might be a place that you want to pay close attention to uh, uh, over the course of the next, uh, you know, know, see how uh, Latin America does. And, you know, uh, Peru might be the place to to step back into. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about the bond area, the fixed income area, and let's repeat that, convertible bonds uh, look great. Um, I, you know, I've got, I've got ETFs or I've got actual bonds that we can buy. Floating rate bonds, that's senior loan, senior loan portfolios or bank debt, what we call. And uh, also preferreds are the other area that we, uh, uh, we like. Now, there, is, there has been some people who've been talking about municipal high yield and uh, – you know, these are uh, kind of the junk bonds of the municipal bond world. And uh, that's OK. I, I think, you know, um, high yield bonds, whether they're corporate or municipal, are usually replacements for the stock market. So as long as the bullish percents in a column of X's, you can probably play that game. Uh, I don't know how long you want to last. You want to stick around. Uh, usually on sell offs uh, when the spread widens. That's the best time to buy those. 
As far as commodities, uh, crude oil has been negative for four weeks. You know, it was it was really leading the way there. Uh, some of the commodity indexes have been uh, negative. Gold's been negative for eight weeks. And copper, uh, which had been positive for three weeks, had a big reversal on Friday. So it'll be interesting to see if that stayed that way. Uh, I am starting to see some currencies, that uh, some currency ETFs that I like. Um, a lot of them are, are dollar-based. Um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, like there's, there's one, uh, the, the U.S. Dollar Index bullish fund, and it has eight out of nine buy signals. And uh, we have uh, also a couple other ones that are nine out of nine, uh, which are pretty good. So currencies are starting to come back into play a little bit. And they're moving up and on a relative relative strength basis. Um, so I, I imagine, you know, in dynamic asset level investing, they may jump a couple spaces in the near future. As far as relative strength buy signals, we always talk about this. Relative strength is important, folks. You want your stock to be, to grow or, or to be in a better shape than its peers in the group and then the market. And if you have both of those, you're in great shape. So here's some names that we uh, we saw. CPI Aero Structures, which is in the industrial goods area, low-priced stock. Accordia Therapeutics. Uh, Galectin Therapeutics, which had a big move uh, on Thursday, so be careful. Uh, NCI Building Systems. Medellin Financial. The Vitamin Shop. Some of these are low-priced ones. And Therapeutic MD, which is obviously a, uh, a biotech. And Livanova PLC, which is another medical company. And then finally, Biohaven Pharmaceuticals, which was a new issue a while back. On the sell side, look, this doesn't mean you got to go out and sell the stock. It just means you better check your fundamentals again, make sure you're, you're in the right spot. Excellus Technologies, American Electric Power, Canadian Solar, uh, Banco Santander, uh, DQ New Energy. It's an, uh, they make semiconductors, I believe, for the uh, uh, solar area. Uh, Latam Airlines and Concert Pharmaceuticals and Blueprint Medical. Uh, so that, there we go. Now, look, uh, let's talk about this again, and, and I'll say this probably a million times. Small cap growth has now overtaken large, large cap growth. So the, the best you know, looking scenarios are small cap growth, large cap growth, mid cap blend, and mid cap growth. At the far end is large cap value. So some someday we're going to be talking about large cap value when it reverses back up, but not until. By the way, all three of the you know, small cap and large cap value are in the dumps. All right, uh, we'll be right back with uh, some insider buys and then Tim's take. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Let's simplify window shopping. You deserve a great product at a fair price. Empire Window Company's been serving this area for 58 years. They've got a lot of satisfied customers like Big Chuck. When over the years, I've seen a lot of businesses come and go. Empire Windows has been in business for over 50 years. They're an honest, family-owned company that you can trust. They offer the highest quality windows installed by experts at a fair price. I have Empire Windows in my home. And how does this sound? Eight quality windows locally built for your home from $58 a month from a name you can trust for 58 years. Empire Window Company, 855-76-EMPIRE. Thinking about vinyl siding? Try 35% off and free gutters with your siding project. Enhance the beauty and value of your home. Windows, siding, doors. 58 years in business. That's a lot of satisfied customers. Empire Window Company, 855 76 Empire. 
Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. I hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Grab yourself a cup of coffee because it's early. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, now we're going to talk about insiders. We always talk about insiders. They just know their companies better than we do. It's that simple. And when they buy, you know, look, I, I don't think you want to buy every insider buy. Okay, I think you want to look for big insider buys. And if you have big inter- in, insider buys on low price stocks or low capitalization stocks, pay attention. Look, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, we talked about the Baker Brothers buying 1.6 million shares of Seattle Genetics. The stock was 52 at that point. It hit 68 this week. That ain't bad. (laughs) That ain't bad. Tiffany. We talked about several insider buys at Tiffany. Tiffany went up $90 in a day. All right. So if you're wondering why we pay attention here, we pay attention here. Now, here's one. Uh, We haven't seen this in a long time. Look, this week, I think something significant happened in the entertainment industry. Well, actually, two things. The courts ruled in favor of the Time Warner AT&T deal. The second thing is Comcast and Disney both bid for Fox. Let me explain something to you. I would suggest that every entertainment company is now in play, and they have been down in the dumps. And I wouldn't be surprised if the media stocks... And the, and the television stocks and all those things start to lift off. And remember, we talked just several weeks ago, we talked about some insider buying in that area. I won't tell you from who. You know, you got to do your own homework. But this week, Discovery Channel, John Malone, the largest private landowner in America and a guy you could have made a fortune with, with Telecommunications A. I mean, believe me, I bought a whole bunch of it. It was $13.00. I've got like 25 different stocks now, and I, I got, you know, they, the people have tons of money. He bought 850,000 shares of Discovery, and then he bought another 570,000. He already owns 1.9 million. That ain't chump change, buddy. And John Malone, when it comes to the entertainment business, trust me, he's smarter than anybody. Even Mario Gabelli, the great Gabelli, says that Malone's the smartest out there. Lexicon Pharmaceuticals, the same group that's been buying, bought another. $5 million worth. Uh, so they continue to buy every day. McGuire Infrastructure, the company, continues to buy. They bought $8.4 million, Then they bought another $6.4 million. And I think they bought more Friday, but I'm not sure. Contego Gas and Oil. Now, look, there's been a couple of these names. Sanchez Oil put itself up for bid. Uh, you know, and we talked about Sanchez, by the way, back in January. They Insider buyers. Now Contego, uh, an, a guy that owns 10% of the company, Bought 800,000 shares this week. And then uh, International uh, Flavors and, and uh, Fragrances, IFF. Windsor, which owns 10% of the company, bought $2.4 million. The difference this time is one of the directors, one of the oldest directors, bought $500,000 himself. All right, so this is the first time we've had the, the one-two punch. Now, we talked about uh, genomic health about four years ago when it was uh, 26 bucks. When we said the Baker Brothers brought a significant portfolio, 
of uh, genomics health. And uh, this last week it broke out to a new high, all-time new high. And we noticed that four of the insiders, important people in the inside, each bought 10,000 shares. And the Baker brothers bought another 20,000 shares. Very interesting. And here's a real interesting one. Palo Alto Networks. We had the two major players okay, uh, buy the stock and the new CEO. So the stock's within five bucks of a new high or six bucks within a new high. And the new CEO goes out and buys $3.34 million and $3.27 million uh, within a two-day period. Hmm, like that. When you see CEOs buy, especially when they're new, things get interesting. American Homes for Rent. Uh, you know, this is about the fifth time these guys have bought, but the, uh, the director bought to $2.96 million. And uh, Martin Midstream Partners, another MLP, the president and CEO, bought $2.35 million. Now, uh, here's to all the guys that uh, got stopped out on this stock because uh, I put a put a, an, an order in and they jacked the stock up and then jacked it right back down. But might be a time to get back in. The CEO of AD, uh, Adma Biologics uh, bought 73000 He owns 1.4, so you like to see that. By the way, there was eight buyers of the stock, okay? So we made good money on it. Maybe it's time to go back in. Who knows? Um, also, Xena, uh, X-E-N-E, Xena Biologics, there was eight buyers of 15,000 shares, including the president, the CFO, the, uh, the chairman, the uh, chief science officer, the COO. Uh, so some real interesting people there. And then uh, Clean Energy Fuels, which is a little $3 stock. There's a 10% beneficial owner. He bought $83 million worth of the stock. That is not chump change. But, it, you know, it is a $3 stock, so it's not for widows or orphans. And the Versardis, which is a healthcare company, the president bought $1.7, another low-priced one, so be careful out there. Oh, I'm sorry. He bought he bought twice, $1.2 million, $1.4 million. Um, United Airlines. Remember, we talked about the, C- the CEO buying a bunch of stock back in uh, December. He just bought two more buys, $1.1 million and $0.6 million for a total of $1.7. I noticed the stock kind of broke out of a triangle pattern. And Lionsgate. You know, here we this is like the third time we've talked about this stock. Uh, you know, we, we had several people buy 125,000 shares, most notably the CEO, the CFO. So those five insiders, they all bought 125,000 shares. One guy bought twice, uh, which is very interesting. He bought $125,000 twice. And by the way, he he used options to buy more. So five insiders at 125,000, that's not chump change. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Fox and Time Warner have opened up the thing. Look for you know, companies that have, look, content is king. I've said that on the show a hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred more times. Now, here's one interesting one, and I think this guy's trying to kill the shorts. Elon Musk bought $24 million worth of Tesla. And Tesla did break its downtrend line, which had been in since uh, October of last year. Uh, so that's positive. We'll see if uh, th- that continues. But um, Elon is, is, you know, a rock star in the, in the finance world, so we'll see what happens. All right, now let's talk about where Tim's take, and I only got about three or four points this week. Uh, and, and once again, I'll, I'll suggest that uh, this is something we got to watch very carefully. Uh, the general consensus among investors is that the financial stocks are likely to be outperformers in the future uh, due to their low valuations. 
and the anticipated growth that could come from a backdrop of higher rates and less restrictive, uh, restrictive re- regulations going forward. Remember, the Dodd, some of the Dodd-Frank bill got, got whacked. Uh, there are many positive research recommendations for the stocks in the sector, but the performance of the stock has been trailing the index for the past three months. Uh, and it concerns me uh, when the performance of the sector is falling behind expectations, when the outlook is so optimistic. So what we're in, we have a flat bottom and a, de- a series of declining tops on the on the train. So uh, if the bank index breaks down under four, I think it's 450, uh, I'd be very, very careful. If it breaks above 475, I'd be very, very happy. Uh, it, it does have a good relative strength track record compared to the rest of the market, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, I started to talk last week about the uh, the McQuellen oscillator being overbought and that we were at resistance. Uh, I think, you know, Friday kind of showed us that, uh, you know, we're going to get beaten up a little bit. And I've been talking about the consumer staples now at nauseum for about three weeks, and we did see them bottom, but they did rally very quickly. So I think you want to still wait on them. Uh, I don't think anything anybody has to be in a hurry right now because we did meet resistance and we did sell off. The Russell is the only place I think we're going to have a pause. I don't think we're going to have a sell-off. I think it's going to just pull back just to make you know everybody nervous. That's the area I'd be really paying attention to. I, I also think that if the biotechs, if the IBB breaks over 115, you know, the biotechs are going to be a place to be for a while. Um, but by the way, the one thing I did notice is that the the Dow Jones almost has the same price pattern as the S&P 500. The only index that the only two indexes that don't have the same pr- uh, pattern is the QQQs or the Nasdaq Composite, and they're very extended. And then the Russell 2000, which looks, you know, just a little extended, needs a slight pullback and et cetera. So now um, one of the things that always tells you, you know, you, you got to pay very close attention to is, first of all, the transportations versus utilities. The transportations are winning. Uh, you'd like to see the utilities do a little bit better, but we're not going to see that, I don't think. But the other thing is the advanced decline line, and the advanced decline line looks fantastic, folks. I mean, it looks like it's going to break out forever. Now, the oil and gas stock index is at the high end of uh, a two-year 20% range, and I think oil and gas is going to pause here for a while. Uh, but I think, you know, as long as the Saudis are going to pl- bring ar- the Armaco public, their their uh, oil company public, uh you're in good shape. Uh, oil's not going down. The emerging markets are struggling. Uh, I'd be very careful with those right now. That's my humble in, uh, opinion. And the CRB index broke out and then pulled back into the breakout, which is probably means, you know, uh, you got some problems. But look, as long as the advanced decline line is going up, uh, you know, usually you have to have a couple lower highs on the advanced decline line before anything drastic happens. Okay. Uh I would say that, you know, I, I looked over the Trump policy on pricing, and I don't think it affects the biotech, so that's probably why they're back in favored sector. So what would I do now? Um, look, I, I, I keep pressing on this point, and people, uh, I don't know if they all believe me or not, but look, when yield is up, you want to buy it. When you have a flat yield curve and they've beaten the consumer staples up, which some of these have, raise their dividend 50, 80 years in a row, okay? And they have 3.5%, dividends. Some have 5 and uh, that's good yield for you guys who are retired out there. Uh, I also think the Real Estate Investment Trust, you know, we, we've talked about that on this show several times. There's been some huge insider buying on some of these real estate investment trusts. And these guys aren't buying this. You know, look, you sell for a lot of reasons. You buy for one. And that's to make money. It's that simple. 
So those are some areas I'd pay attention to. The prime income list with utilities getting beat up uh, and the REITs getting beat up is a good place to look for those ideas. The dividend growth portfolio is a great idea to look for those ideas. So I'd call in for those. So Google Tim Hayes Radio. Hit the contact me or the email me and just say, hey, Tim, send me the list. Also, top ideas. I think the small cap ideas are really the way to go. And the the all cap portfolio has a lot of different ideas that are working big time. And I would you know be looking at those very, very carefully. If you'd like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me, uh, you know, meet, look over your portfolio. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, you know, I've done that with m- numerous people. And uh, look, we don't harass you after that. Uh, if you want to do business with us, you'll do business with us. If not, you know, we'll go from there. But it is, it, it's kind of a, you know, look, I've looked over portfolios before. I've looked at charts. And some people are holding on to some stocks that, you know, the charts probably have another two, three years before they get up and go. All right. And some people are holding on to stocks that they only have 100 shares when they should have 500 shares because they're a gold mine. But anyway, uh, if you like any of that information, you know, call me at 888-234-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Once again, this is Smart Investor Show. It's a beautiful weekend. Get outside. Have a great weekend. This is Tim Hayes. Remember to buy low and sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free. 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwmfa. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.